come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Good evening. Welcome to Alexandra Friends 660 The Answer. This show is brought to you every Saturday night by Roberto Pérez, Miller Title. We have a great show this evening, and we have great guests this evening here, too. So before we go to anything, good evening, Courtney. How good, are you? Good evening. And I have we have Miss Liz Castaneda, our social media guru. Good evening, Liz. Good How evening. are you? Thank you for having and me. And we have a young man here also. What is your name? My name is Brandon Castaneda. Oh, my goodness. Is he your assistant, Liz? One of my assistants, yeah. One of your assistants. One of my, one of my kids. Michael, uh, Michael Clark is our... Um, Chief of Staff here. So, <laughs> let's stop for a second and let's listen to the Pledge of Allegiance by the Clark children, and we'll be right back. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Merry Christmas, Alexandra and friends. This evening, we're going to bring a very exciting show to you all the way from Washington, D.C. So um, Liz is here tonight to really make sure that we record the show with this wonderful guest. Okay, uh, t- what do you think about, Corny, that we have this show coming in t- uh, for the end of the year? I think it's amazing, and I think it's something that we definitely need to bring awareness to and try to uh, help people understand how important it is for us to um, serve I mean, I think that, that that's something that's truly lacking in today's time. And I'm I'm excited to have a guest that's come up through the ranks that's local to, to home and can provide a story for us and for our viewers and our listeners um, to hopefully inspire them to potentially make that life choice. Well, I think we're going to let uh, the person that really knows this gentleman is uh, our social guru, Liz Castaneda. You want to bring him in to, and introduce us to him? Yes, I just want to say thank you so much for number one for having me. And um, we're introducing you, Wesley Brigham, and he's in the Navy. And um, Wesley and I went to church together when we were younger. And um, I'm so Is proud that all? of him. Yeah, yeah. No. And so, Wesley, I just think he's great. <laughs> I've watched him on social media for the past 10 years when it became, you know, really big. And he is um, really moved up through the ranks. And I'm so proud of where he is right now. So, Wesley, um, Meet Wesley. Hello, Wesley. How Hello, are you? Good evening. Good evening. Welcome. Hi, good evening. Welcome to uh, Alexander and France. We are so excited. You have so much to talk about, and we're coming at the end of the year. So, wow, what a what a gift for America. Thank you so much for uh, tell us a little bit about you and your name and what you do and your wife and your children and your dogs. <laughs> all right, it's all. Uh, I'll I'll start at the uh, the beginning. Is uh, uh, is so my name's Wes Brigham. I I also go by Wesley to uh, some old old friends, but uh, I go go by Wes as well. Uh, I grew up uh, grew up in Irving, uh, and uh, and you know went through uh, went through high school there. Uh, I graduated in ninety, and then 
I went to A&M where I did Naval ROTC um, and got commissioned in uh, in the Navy and went and started the the submarine training back in uh, back in the mid 90s. Um, I'm married to a girl uh, from uh, from Blum, Texas, a little bit south of Cleburne. And we have two boys uh, who are age 14 and 17. Uh, and are both uh, both into baseball, and we do have a dog named Libby, but uh, she's uh, she is uh, oh, not quite two, and she's a little bit into everything. But <laughs> we're working on her. Nice. And you 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 all live in Washington D.C. at this at this time? Yeah, Arlington, Virginia, which okay. is just right across the river from from D.C. Very good. And so, how does that work? As far as you know, I know Texas A and M. We see. Uh, is it called the core? I'm so not familiar with all of this. Like, how does all that work? And you wear all the uniforms and you go through the process. I mean, talk to us a little bit about that, because that's something that I feel like people uh, that aren't familiar like me. I'm from Boston. We don't we don't have a ton of that. We have ROTC programs, but we've never seen something like that up there. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, so when I was uh, when I was looking for a path to uh uh, to get into the Navy because it was something that I thought that I wanted to try. I wanted to serve uh, when I was uh, nearing the end of high school. I, uh, I, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the way to go from what I had heard from talking to friends was to go to the Naval Academy. And so I, uh, I um, did the applications for the, for the Naval Academy, um, you know, wrote, wrote my senators and congressmen and to get the appointments and all that. And, uh, and I had the opportunity, I, I received a, uh, uh, a nomination to go to the Naval Academy, but not an appointment. And so that, uh, mm. that meant that I could have gone through sort of, uh, through what they call uh, NAPS or the Naval Academy preparatory school, gone that route and then gone to the Naval Academy. Well, at the same time I had, uh, I had applied to some schools in Texas. I applied to Texas A&M. I knew they had a great, uh, ROTC program, and I had gone and visited for a football game. And after going there, that kind of sold me, and I decided to uh, dispense with the Naval Academy route and go uh, uh, go through to Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M has, uh, has uh, I think, the largest uh, ROTC program in the country with uh, for all the services, but uh, Navy and Marine Corps is definitely the, long, the largest. And uh, there I, I went to school as a is a student, uh, Texas A&M, they have their own traditions, uh, or we have our own traditions where, uh, it's, a uh, the uniformed core, you wear your uniforms, their old world war two uniforms that we wear to class. And, uh, and then, uh, but at the same time, I'm going through the, uh, the regular academic program and the ROTC classes. And at the end, I, uh, I ended up, uh, get gaining a commission and, uh, and going and starting the the training pipeline. And where is the training for the submarine program? Is that up in Connecticut or is that somewhere else? Uh, Connecticut is one of the places. So you're probably familiar with uh, New London, yes. where where I've spent a total of uh, I've spent a total outside of the training a total of six years there. So oh, pretty okay. familiar with that area. Yep, that's where I went to college um, out that way. So where Eastern Con College or Eastern Connecticut uh, State. So not, not oh, okay. right down yeah, in Broughton, yeah. but New London area, but yep, further up. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, the training program. The mm-hmm. submarine school is there. That's the last school you go to, but uh, uh, all of our submarines are uh, nuclear powered. They have nuclear propulsion. So uh, you spend about a year uh, in nuclear 
propulsion training. Uh, and the first six months of that for me was in Orlando that since moved to Charleston. Uh, and then uh, the second uh, six months of that is practical. You go actually work on a working uh, nuclear propulsion plant. And that's in uh, either Charleston, where I went, or you can go to upstate New York. So from a leadership standpoint, you come out commissioned. Do you learn all of the jobs? I mean, how does that look as far as the people that you're overseeing when you don't have the skill set for each type of group that you're commanding? Right. I mean, what does that look like? Yeah, that's that's pretty common throughout all the military services. Uh, I, I work in a in a joint job right now where I work with, with people from army, Marine Corps, air force, coast guard. And so it, we, we talk about the way that we uh, sort of uh, in uh, bring our people on board, our people in, and uh, you know, it's, it's pretty well known that the first uh, your first year or two is more about you learning uh, the service. It's, it's a pretty big apprenticeship model. And for so sure. um, for me, I think you're talking about once I arrived to my first command. So mm-hmm. my first command was the USS Hawkbill, uh, which was a 637 class submarine out of uh, out of Pearl Harbor. And I oh. showed up to that and and they welcomed me aboard, handed me my big staff stack of uh, qualification cards that are all these different knowledge and practical signatures that you have to go through that takes uh, takes about a year to to go through the whole thing. And they said that uh, you're assigned to your division to be a division officer. So in the Navy, that's your first leadership role is as a division officer. My division was the electrical division, and uh, that was about um, eight or ten enlisted sailors, including a chief petty officer. Uh, For me, it was uh, EMC Murray, Derek Murray, who uh, was my first in my first chief and uh, uh, you know, little known fact, or maybe maybe everybody knows, is that the chiefs are the ones who run the Navy, and the chief is the one who taught me the way it is to be a division officer, along with my uh, my captain and my uh, my department head and executive officer. They they spent the time with that, but your chief is the one that teaches you the way that things run. How hard did you have to think just now to say executive officer instead of XO? Um, That's very good. I I, I, I flipped. Can can I say XO? Sure. Now we know. I understand it. (laughs) Wesley, a real quick question. What is Director for Undersea Warfare? Yeah, so the Director for Undersea Warfare, that's flash forwarding uh, pretty far into my my career. career. I, uh, in... 2017, after I left uh, command uh, of USS Bremerton in Pearl Harbor, I came to Washington, D.C. to work in the Pentagon. And we worked I I worked for uh, uh, for the admiral who was in charge of uh, undersea warfare systems. And so it's what we call resources and requirements. They build the budget in order to. Uh, in order to uh, buy the the new submarines that are being built, as well as uh, new communications uh, and warfare systems, um, it's uh, it's it's not necessarily that exciting to talk about, but it's uh, it's pretty important because it's uh, the they say that the Navy is a is a capital investment that that lasts twenty or thirty years, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where it starts is with uh, you know the undersea warfare resources and requirements. I do want to talk about um, enlisting for the opportunities that the 
that our armed forces give our younger um, people. Um, starting off, I had no clue on the salaries that the, our armed forces can receive as long as they work up you know, themselves in the ranks. I was also looking at the different benefits they have. You have a home allowance, um, you're getting raises, your benefits are paid for, and there's even forgivenesses with student loans. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Did when you when you were commissioned, did the Navy pay off any debt or when you went through the ROTC program, that was a tuition free program through A&M? This is all very dated information, so sure. you would have to you would have to look at the way that it's taken care of now. Uh, but um uh, the ROTC uh, took care of, I believe, um, tuition, room and board, uh, and uh, and then there were some other fees that were outside of that. And uh, I was able to apply for some other scholarships throughout uh, uh, throughout Texas A and M, uh, and and then you know the, for the for the rest of it, I was uh, fortunate to have my uh, my parents help me with the rest of that. Uh, so I, I was able to make that through without any debt. We want to wish you a very merry Christmas and a very happy New Year. Twenty twenty two is just around the corner. So my producer wanted me to tell you all this. Ho ho ho! <laughs> well, we have an exciting young man with with us today from uh, Washington D.C. Uh, by the name of Wesley Brigham. Hey, Wesley, how long have you been in the military now? I uh, just passed 26 years in August. Amazing. Oh, Thank amazing. you so much Thank for, you your, for service. your service. Well, let me stand up for a minute. Wow. No. I thought you, I was looking back at your years. So right now you are way up ahead of everybody else. On the, and you pretty much everything has changed since you started, right? Yeah, there's there's been lots of changes. Uh, you, you mean in the world or in, in the, the world? Technology yeah, technology, the whole works. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all changed. Yeah. We had uh, wooden ships and cloth sale. When I started. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more of what you're doing now and what have you been doing the last couple of years? But what are you doing now? Because this is about today for you. Okay. Um, so right now I work on uh, in the Pentagon. And the uh, on the joint staff in the uh, directorate of operations, we work in the National Military Command Center in the basement. And uh, um, essentially the things that you watch on the news that deal with the U.S. and security and uh, and uh, the military are the things that I'm working on. And that's probably about as far as I can go on that. Excellent. Very good. Wow. So what do you think? in the past um, six years, you've been in 26 years. Um, your career must have been going the right direction for you to keep going after 20 years. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate to, uh, uh, to work with a lot of great people and have a lot of people helping me out, uh, to get here, but it's, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to, to be able to keep serving for this long. So where, where were you stationed before? Before Pentagon, uh, my last command was in uh, Pearl Harbor, and I was the uh, the commander of Submarine Squadron One uh, in Pearl Harbor, number one since 1941. Um, we have, uh, and I had uh, eight submarines assigned. Wow, so, that uh, is incredible. What is the what is the purpose of the submarines? I mean, we think of just you know the movies that we see, but is it constant patrol for our country? Is it just emergency type situations? I mean, what what does the submarines do on a regular basis? Why are they? Why are all the service people on that submarine for a year? What are they doing? What happens during that time? Um, so 
the uh, the submarine force. We have uh, I'm I'm all my experience has been in fast attack submarines. Uh, and so I've been on I've been on four fast attack submarines and the genuine the general cycle uh, of a of a fast attack submarine outside of heavy maintenance uh, is uh, for a 12 month uh, 12 month workout period where you take a submarine crew through all of the potential uh, missions, uh, challenges uh, that uh, that would be coming up. Uh, and then at the end of that that uh, 12 month period, you deploy for a, a six month deployment uh, forwards. Uh, and uh, you do everything from uh, from operating, you know, far forward. Uh, we uh, show the flag uh, through port visits to uh, to foreign ports around. Uh, we do uh, uh, international exercises with allies and partners in order to uh, to build uh uh, build coordination and teamwork, uh, and uh, and then we also uh, pay attention uh, to uh, pay attention to what is going on in uh, in the wider world and what other uh, what other countries may or may not be interested in. I was watching the videos on YouTube. There were several that Liz had posted. And we'll put those up on our social media and our website as well. But um, I saw that one of the submarines was retrofitted where the nuclear missiles were uh, at one point, I don't back long time ago. And that's where the seals deploy from now. So when they're on their missions, it fills up these retrofitted, what are they called? I don't even know where. Yeah. So you're talking about the, uh, the SSGN, which is the Ohio class. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, uh, so we, we additional we initially built, uh, 18, uh, Ohio class SSBN, which is the nuclear ballistic missile submarines. Uh, and with the start treaty that came out, and I think that that was sometime in the, in the 1990s, I should probably know that better. Um, they, part of the agreement that came out is that we would go from 18 SSBNs down to 14. And so that provided an opportunity that the first four, SSBNs became uh, uh, retrofitted. They became uh, uh, converted uh, to uh, a guided missile submarine. So they carry Tomahawk missiles and they also are able to carry uh, a, uh, a platoon or two of SEALs. I think up to 70 SEALs on board. They're able to uh, lock in and lock out and, and uh, go off and uh, do the things that SEALs do. When yeah, it was so the, cool. They had... Ship. Well, and it was also talking about how, you know, they have to stay in top physical shape. And so there's like treadmills and bikes like just shoved in random corners mm -hmm. of the submarine with all their weights. And then it fills up and they just float to the top of this little tiny chute, essentially. And there they go off. It's so crazy. You cannot be claustrophobic to uh, to definitely be on a submarine, can you? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, talking about the talking about the seals, the uh, um, you know, I was uh, privileged to to work with our our team teammates at the Naval Special Warfare Group while we were there, uh, and uh, they they also work off of uh, some of the Virginia class submarines that we have, um, and uh, um, they uh, the abilities that they have, the skills that they have, and their their like you say, their physical, uh, physical conditioning, uh, and, and keep in mind that they do all their things at night. So mm -hmm. everything that they do is in the dark by feel and touch. So it's pretty, uh, uh pretty amazing what they do, um, uh, 
they, uh, I, uh, it was a great honor to be able to work with them. That was a really good answer, Wes, because I would have just told her it's called torpedo tubes, Courtney. <laughs> torpedo tubes. Learn something new every day. Every well, day. But, and, and I think it's important that we that we talk about, you know, in the military, obviously we have several branches of the military. Specifically, we're talking about the Navy. And within the Navy, there are so many opportunities for all walks of life to be able to be a part of that organization. And, you know, your background, obviously you went through the college, you moved into a leadership position, you're a commissioned officer, but there's other ways to get into the military and still have the same uh, sense of being and be able to take advantage of the benefits and raise a family and, and move up the ranks. And so I think it's important for people to know that, you know, you can visit your local recruiting office and you can discuss this with all of the branches. And if Navy is an option for you and it sounds like something that seems fun to be able to travel the world, I'm sure you've been all over the place. It sounds like just your 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 duty stations. I don't know what they call in the Navy. I've my ex-husband's prior army. So I, the terminology is a little bit different, but a lot of it's not. Um, well, I guess a little bit of the same. And so talk to us a little bit about how. Just a, a person that maybe college isn't the best best fit for them can go through the process to become part of the navy. The navy. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite parts of uh, of the navy and the submarine force is the uh, the fact we talked a little bit about the fact is is one thing that the navy and the submarine force, which I know the best, does very well is uh, is invest in people and develop people. Um, and so, you know, out of, uh, uh, out of a typical submarine crew, um, a, probably a little less than 10% of the, the people on board are officers and the rest are enlisted from the most junior ranks up to, uh, up to E9 or master chief. And, uh, but, uh, you know, continually over my career, I've watched, uh, I've watched young, you know, fresh faced, uh, sailors come on board, uh, not, not knowing what they had gotten themselves into. <laughs> and then, you know, after their, after their three or four or five year tour, uh, they leave uh, knowing the ins and outs of it. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it sometimes uh, continuing on uh, and, uh, and going to, uh, to other leadership, uh, leadership positions, and, and sometimes going to, to join the civilian world and take their, their skills and their knowledge of the importance of service uh, out into the civilian world, which, which is important as well. They're, uh, they're part of our recruiting network. Um, and so um, the, uh, as you, as you come in, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities to stay uh, for, for leadership positions uh, within the Navy. And there's also, the Navy also provides uh, opportunities uh, if you desire to, to go from, uh, from an enlisted, uh, uh, an enlisted status to, to uh, gain a commission through, uh, uh, through what we call the enlisted commissioning program, Seaman Admiral 21 and the like. Well, wow. what is your suggestion for um, high school students that are thinking about it? What are what would you suggest that they do to get on the, the right track to when they do graduate? They're on their way to becoming an officer or doing something similar to what you did after high school. Well, it the, the Navy uh, more so than other services is uh, is very technical. Um, they uh, are. Our, our ships and weapon systems are uh, are very advanced and, and uh, complex. Uh, and so, uh, you know, one of the best things I can say is, uh, is study hard, uh, take, work on your STEM, uh, because that's uh, very often who we draw from. Uh, if you, I would say from the majority of, 
the submarine force uh, that I work with, the, the majority of the officers come from a technical background, whether that's uh, uh, engineering, uh, physics, uh, chemistry sometimes. And then here and there you see uh, history majors and poli-sci majors and the like. But uh, the, the, that's, uh, that's one of the, the most important things is to, uh, is to get involved in that. Um, the, uh, I would also say, you know, one of the questions that I, I asked uh, when I was in command on USS Bremerton, I would ask all the sailors who were checking in is uh, um, I started out asking if you played sports and, uh, and because I wanted to understand who, who had been involved in a team dynamic, who understood commitment, uh, who understood uh, uh, subverting your own desires to what's best for the team. Uh, but then I expanded that to, uh, to maybe some more of the other team uh, team type activities, whether it's uh, uh, theater, uh, could be band or chorus, uh and uh, even some of the, the extracurricular activities, those are things that are important because they uh, they show you how to work with others in order mm-hmm. to achieve a common goal, which is uh, essentially all we do in the in the Navy. We're, Wesley, we're going to take a minute for you uh, just to rest while you can get your head back on, because we have a lot of questions. And I want to know how the submarine people are there all year long, how do you cope? Is that fair? Uh, Is that an okay question? Yep. Yep. Can we do that? Because I'm interested. I can't stand yeah. small spaces. So we'll yeah, be we right back. <laughs> Please listen to Alexander and Friends 660 The Answer. Look us up on Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660, or on our website, alexanderandfriends.com. I'm Michael Clark. I'm usually the producer, and I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Roberto Perez of Miller Title, Texas, and we are here with Wes Brigham. And Alexander needs a follow-up. Yes. I want to talk about being in a submarine. Let's say, how many how many men and women are in the submarine, approximately? I would say that, uh, that it can range from between uh, 130, 140, to sometimes as many as 160 on board. Wow. There's really not a lot. I thought there was way more than that on the submarines. That seems like plenty to me. I guess. Oh, my goodness. But So my question is, you're out there 12 months out of the year, let's say. Do you ever Six have, months. Six months out of the year. Okay. Do you have any issues sometimes of young men and women that just can't handle it and you've got to <laughs> park somewhere and let them off? <laughs> this is... Oh, Alexandra. That's an interesting question. I don't I don't know if that could be answered. I'm going to I'm going to take well, one for the know. team what and say think? What does conflict resolution look like on a submarine? Is there that's a class a, yes, a uh, is there a class in that 12 month <laughs> prep time that people go through to be able to to work it out? Because when I was watching one of the videos, there was a female being interviewed and she said, "We all have a love-hate relationship here. Some days we'll go at it and some days we just love the heck out of each other but at the end of every day we're we're One part team. of a bigger a a you know a, a big team uh, right yeah. and so i'm sure that's probably across the board but yeah to not be able to just to huff and puff and <laughs> not see them and run into them in those small quarters that's got to be a little tricky at times i'm sure yeah so 
the uh, I'm hoping to make uh, the the submarine life look uh, look appealing here. So uh, <laughs> you're asking me to tread a fine line here. So uh, so the the first thing is um, is that uh, you know 130 140 people doesn't sound like a lot on a uh, on a ship, but uh, you know for our Virginia class they're uh, 377 feet long. Uh, half of that is propulsion spaces, so oh, yeah, yes. your your living spaces are are on the forward end of the boat, um, and uh, at any one time uh, the the crew is essentially split in, split into thirds, uh, where you have a third of the people who are on watch running all the systems. You have a third of the people who are on watch who are doing maintenance or other work uh, and are, are able to respond uh, in case of any casualty. And then a third of the people are asleep at any one time. And so you think about it is uh, with that many people moving around, especially as a junior, uh, a junior uh, man or woman on the submarine, uh, there is not a lot of space for you to call your own. And so uh, very little privacy, very few places that you can go to be by yourself and and think, uh, and so um, because of that, um, we we see um, when you when you go on a deployment. Um, I've seen it happen. Uh, I've seen it happen countless times. In a in a uh, someone who uh, a psychologist could probably explain all this better better than I can. Uh, but at around the three or four or five week point. Um, you, you get tired of sitting across from the same person and hearing the same stories because we don't have a whole lot of new information coming in. We're, we're not uh, watching this, the sports or, uh, you know, seeing this social media to see what's going on. All we have is essentially uh, uh, what, what we have on board uh, within there. And you get tired of hearing the same stories from the same people and, and uh, <laughs> over and, and over the, uh, that I like to call that uh uh, hate week. And that's the, that's the <laughs> point where people say, okay, you know, uh, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Please stop talking to me. And and you just sort of withdraw inward a little bit. And then you push back past that. And it, uh, um, it sort of becomes a groundhog day where you, you feel like the same things going on over and over until you, until you pull into your, pull into your uh, port visit where you're able to, uh, to go and unplug and unwind. Sounds like uh, my marriages. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if that uh, answers your question. <laughs> it does. Wesley, a question I have here. on um, When you pull into ports, do you usually uh, all of you get out at one time? Or are you just um, going groups or what? how often do you pull into ports? Uh, I could I can give you an example from uh, from my last deployment that I did in uh, 2015 to 16. Um, is we pulled into uh, port for, uh, you know, probably four or five, maximum six days at a time mm-hmm. uh, into uh, Okinawa, Singapore, mm-hmm. uh, Chinhei, Korea, Sasebo, Japan, and Guam. Uh, and uh, when you pull into these places, the, it will leave, a, uh, we'll leave about a third of the crew on board at any one time and uh, to, to stand duty. And at that point, they're responsible for uh, security stations on board the ship, as well as uh, doing some of the maintenance that we've been unable to do while we're at sea. Um, and then uh, the, uh, the rest of the, the rest of the crew is able to go out and, and explore and see the world and, uh, you know, go try the different foods and, uh, and go, uh, 
uh, go see uh, the different sites that we have uh, uh, there. And so, um, you know, very fascinating uh, for me. I uh, uh, oh, you asked if you go out in groups. Is uh, in most places uh, you go, you have to have uh, at least one Liberty buddy uh, who is uh, you know, who's with you to to watch your back and and uh, make sure that uh, uh, that everything's going well uh, while you're in this uh, this foreign. Uh, foreign locale. And, uh, for me, uh, in my last one, my Liberty buddy was my, uh, my XO and, uh, both of us were kind of nerds and we liked going to, uh, <laughs> uh to see history, uh, places. And so in, uh, in Okinawa, we went into the, uh, the tunnels, uh, in Naha, which is where the last stand of the Japanese defenders was, uh, when, uh, the Americans came on Okinawa, uh, Singapore, we went and looked at the command center where the, the British were defending against the, uh, the Japanese coming in. Wow. And, uh, and, uh, before they, uh, they went out and surrendered. And, and I, we actually met a man who had been, uh, been a child. He had been five or six in Singapore when Singapore fell and had lived under Japanese rule, rule there. And, you know, all fascinating things wow. that, uh, that I never would have, uh, experienced otherwise. The power sure. of knowledge. Now, where are some oh, yeah. super cool places that you have been? Um, I've been to India. Goa, India was a uh, was a pretty cool spot to uh, uh, the UAE. So uh, pulled into Fujairah, been to mm-hmm. Dubai, uh, been, went to the top top of the Bur- Burj Dubai, which at the at the that point was the tallest building in the world. Awesome. Um been to Turkey a few times. Turkey was, uh, was awesome. It's one of my favorite places to go. What about the um, North Pole? I mean, right Israel. there. We are oh yeah. The North Pole. Yes. Tell us about I've that. I've been there, been there three times, wow. uh, surfaced, surfaced through, uh, at the North Pole twice, uh, and, uh, and was able to, uh, get out and, uh, play football, uh, with the, with the team on the, on the top of the ice on the North Pole. And, uh, and and we actually uh, did see Santa once when we went. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I was looking at all the different things that you can do in the Navy. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about physics and stuff that I honestly just never understood. Um, but even your chefs there make a decent salary. I mean, they're making 90, some of them make about 90000 a year. And I don't think that people are aware of these great opportunities that, that the Navy and our other armed forces can give them. Well, I think that's the reason that you want to have the ROTC or or visit with your um, recruiter and find out all the wonderful questions. So how much longer do you plan to stay in service? Well, I, uh, right now it's a, uh, it's at least uh, at least two more years to finish out this job. Uh, and then, um, you know, the, the max I can go to uh, without another promotion is to 30. So, uh, you know, from that point, uh, uh, my wife and I have been talking a lot about, you know, where, what is it we're going to do uh, when we grow up and have to go, you know, we, <laughs> Darn it, you we, took the question away come from back me. and leave and live and all that. And so, yeah, it's a, uh, it kind of, a uh, kind of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I've, uh, um, you know, probably been underway on my last submarine, you know, in my last job, I was able to go underway on, on all of them. And, and uh, it's a little sad, right. but uh, that's uh, that's for the that's for the new uh, the new younger generation to uh, to come and and uh, and 
you know, pick up the mantle. So hopefully some of your listeners will go out and, uh, and you'll be talking to them soon. Do you think either one of your boys will join the service? Um, I've, uh, I've talked to, to both of them. I've told them it's their choice. Um, uh, the older one, uh, he seems like he's, he's a little bit, uh, uh, cold and hot on that. The younger one says that he's interested in going in the Navy, but, uh, it's up to them and I'm, I'm here to help them. Excellent. Do you go back and visit uh, A&M students and do a little bit of speeches to them? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I actually have, uh, I've been able to do that twice. I, uh, I went uh, in, I think, 2015 uh, when I was in command. And then I went just this, uh, just this past spring. Uh, one of my, one of my classmates when I was at uh, Texas A&M uh, went in the Marine Corps and he's a he's he's the colonel now that's uh, responsible for uh, uh, for the Navy Navy Marine Corps ROTC cadets there, and uh, which makes me feel a little old. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was able to go back and talk to him. I tried to uh, uh, tell them uh, tell them some of the stories, tell them uh, tell them what we do and and why the. Uh, the Navy and the submarine force is important and why they should consider going in the submarine force. Uh, the, uh, uh, I'll tell you that I, I remember when I was in the student's place that uh, I didn't necessarily remember a whole lot of what the, seemed like the old people were coming to talk to me. So I tried <laughs> to, I tried to keep it uh, fresh and, and keep their attention on that. Hopefully I was successful. Wow. So what do you plan if, if you do stay, do you want to stay in the same um you want to move to another level or planning maybe to run as the president of the United States or something like that? <laughs> if you can run into politics, that'd be great. <laughs> the, um, so you're, you're saying if I, uh, if I stick around yes. in, in the DC area. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, I've been in the job I'm, I'm in a year, which means that I'd probably be there another year. Um, my, uh, my kids, I have a, the, I have a junior in high school and a freshman in high school and uh, they they've, I've moved them in the middle of the school year. I don't know how many times. So one thing that I've been requested is that they be able to, uh, to finish from, uh, from the school that they're at there in Arlington. And uh, uh, so we'll see, I guess I'll, uh, I'll be looking for another job here in the DC area. This is Alexandra Fincher this evening and we have Courtney Hathcock and we have Liz Castaneda, our guru for social media, and we have Brandon Castaneda and our producer, Michael Clark, and our guest, Capitan Wesley Bringhart. Bring no. him. Darn it, bring him. I just wanted to see if everybody was listening, Captain. <laughs> well, we're coming to an end of the evening, and we really appreciate your being here this evening, but there's a couple of things that I want to ask on air. Uh, what are your plans if you finish, if you co- complete your uh, two years of uh, with the with the Navy? Are you planning on running for office? Are you planning on running a book? Uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, that's a great question, and uh, I don't have the answer for that right now. I have, uh, uh, you know, thought about. Uh, that it would be uh, interesting to talk about the experiences that, uh, that I've had on the submarine force with that. Um, the, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, 
that, like I said earlier, is that it's uh, it's just great to watch uh, how much the the Navy uh, invests in its people and uh, watching them develop over time. I think that it's a uh, it's something that the the country uh, country at large would be interested in. Uh, but other than that, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Uh, we've been spending a lot of time thinking about that. Hey, Wesley. Um, I mean, Wes, whichever. Captain. You see. Uh-huh. Um, I'll answer to either. I also answer to Wade, which is my older son's name. And a lot of people call me that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I met uh, some naval officers recently and uh, they had a pretty, pretty good. Uh, they were, they reflected well. Let's, let's say that they reflected well what you're saying. Uh, I met them at the uh, air show. The Naval Air Show and uh, Blue Angels were here recently. Where was that? That was in uh, Alliance, just north of Fort Worth. Oh, okay. And yeah, they put on a good show, don't they? Absolutely, they, put on they do. Show. Put on a great show. And that the precision that you were talking about earlier, uh, with which the Navy conducts all of its, uh, you know, um, just with electronics and mechanical stuff, that, that was on display there. And those guys were really nice, uh, taking pictures with everybody and uh, signing autographs, all that kind of stuff. So I... I bought a couple of hats and shirts and <laughs> supported Support, them. Supporting, yeah. supporting, yeah, supporting the the navy. So, one more question I have that is I'm asking this question is because we want to see you when you get back to Texas. If you decide to go into politics, will you give us a call? We'd love to interview you. <laughs> um, if that were to happen, I'll I'll give you a call and I'll probably give you a call if that doesn't happen also. <laughs> Perfect. And if you write a book, we certainly love to have a copy of that book because it's uh, very important. I want to ask you, have you been on a decom- uh, any of the um, submarines that have de- been decommissioned? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two of my uh, two of my boats were uh, my my first, the USS Hawkbill. I uh actually ended that tour in Bremerton, Washington and the Puget Sound shipyard. And we went through and uh, uh, dismantled the ship for, I think I was there six or seven months uh, from 99 to 2000. And uh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of a sad thing because uh, you think of a ship as a, as a living personality when you've been on one and when you, uh, you watch it, uh, you watch it expire. It's a it's a sad thing to do. And then uh, my, the ship that I had command of uh, from 2015 to 16 uh, earlier this spring, uh, the the uh, Bremerton uh, just decommissioned also in Bremerton, Washington. And uh, they they let the crew go. And mm-hmm. uh, and the Bremerton is no more after uh, after 40 years, 1981 to 2021. She served. So since you're a big history nerd. Self, self-proclaimed. Um, have you toured any of the subs that are decommissioned in Washington and on display, like maybe the Merrimack or the Monitor? Which one is that that's in there over there? In D.C.? Yeah. Huh. Um, there used to be a, an old World War II uh, destroyer or frigate that was in the Anacostia River, and, and we did tour that. Um, and then I've, I've been in the, the Naval Museum on the Navy Yard. Um, but, um, the, up in Baltimore, there's an old submarine that, uh, we toured as well. Maybe, maybe you're thinking of that. And there's also a, there's also a, uh, an older ship, uh, naval ship as well. I can't remember which I'm one. I'm probably thinking Baltimore because I've never been to DC or Baltimore. Oh yeah. So. Really? <laughs> They're close. So tell us, um, what are your selling points and what are the pros on 
joining the Navy? My selling points on the Navy? Yes. Um, the I think that um, if it, it so so when I came in the Navy, I had the plan of uh, of serving for my initial tour of four or five years and then getting out and coming back to Texas and working as an engineer. Um, and you can see that how that worked out for me. Uh, and I'll say that there's plenty of people that go and uh, and serve their minimum tour and then go out and get jobs, uh, get jobs across the country. And uh, we need uh, we need those people to do that. And I think that uh, if, if that's what you're interested in is going and serving and, and feeling like you've uh, you've contributed uh, to the national security and that you've given back to the country, then then that's a good way to go uh, for me. Um, sort of every time that there was an opportunity for me to decide uh, whether to to continue going or uh, or to to get out and come back to Texas, that I you know we talked about it as a family and decided to uh, to go for it, and uh, it's been extremely. Uh, gratifying career. I I really like the fact that, uh, you know, essentially while you're on uh, a ship, the most important thing that you do is you're a a teacher and a coach. And uh, uh, that's, that's what you do is teach new people who come on board, all the plays uh, for the team that you work on and teach them what it, what it means to uh, what the importance is of what we do and then how we tactically go and do it and be the best in the world at doing that. Um, and that, that keeps you going, uh, so to speak. And I think that that's the, the biggest selling point on it. Um, for me, does that answer your question? It does. It does. I mean, there's a lot of good selling yeah. points on it. Wesley, I have a question and maybe you will not be able to answer it, but what do you see of our military? For the future, I'd say that uh, again, that like we talked about at the beginning, is you can look at the news and uh, and see that uh, uh, there's some rough neighborhoods out there, and uh, that um, you know we we kind of uh, we proved at the end of the the Cold War, we thought that uh, uh, it was going to be a new uh, a new time of uh, of happiness and joy across the world. And uh, it maybe was that way for a little while, but we see that there's uh, uh, that there's other uh, other folks across the world uh, who maybe don't wish uh, wishes harm, but uh, they're looking out for their own interests. And uh, if those interests uh, clash with ours, then uh, we need to uh, we need to be ready to uh, uh, to defend those interests. Um, I, I always talk to the, uh, talked to the teams on the boats that I looked at in the last job and, and talked about, you know, why is it that we have a Navy and why is it we have a submarine force? Uh, and essentially, I think the best way to describe it is that we're an insurance policy that the, that the American, uh, the American citizen is taken out. And that means that we always need to be ready. You know, we can never be surprised and uh, we need to be able to respond uh, when, at the time uh, that we're needed. And so, uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, a mission and a value that uh, that get gets you up in the morning, ready to go to work, I think that that describes it. That's excellent. That you just summed that up. Made me almost start crying over here. I know. I know. I know. It's 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 um, so you think we're ready for whatever comes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready. We are ready. We're ready. We are. And we have to be ready. That's all there is to it. 
Well, it's been such an honor to have you here this evening. Uh, we are excited to um, get this podcast out also. So we, w- we do have a podcast that you're welcome to share. But there's just a couple of things. Um, you know, this week has been kind of very uh, strange. We do. Uh, are you familiar with Wreaths Across America? Yeah. Yeah. I just saw uh, in Arlington, uh, Arlington Cemetery. There was crowds of people out there doing that this, uh, right. this past weekend. Well, you know, we're having a little bit of of some uh, people deciding that it's not a good idea to have wreaths on the veterans' um, tombstones because they're calling it religious. What do you think? Uh, I haven't I haven't heard that, and uh, I think that it's a it's a good way to honor the veterans. It's uh, uh, you see uh, uh, people of all ages out there doing it. Right? Yeah, we uh, my family went out there. My daughter is a member of the American Heritage Girls. And she um, got seventy five of those wreaths sponsored. Was that it? Was that at the Dallas oh, Cemetery? Uh, yeah, that was at DFW National Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. One of my classmates is there. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was gosh. a great experience, it, it, except for the fact that it happened to be forty five degrees, and none of the Texans there were prepared to bundle up for all that. But uh, it was a it was a great ceremony, and um, and they really. They really do honor the the fallen there, and they respect the wishes of those who don't want the wreaths laid, but everybody else gets a wreath, you know? And uh, I think that's a really a nice way to honor people. And uh, the protests that, that I saw on the TV did not materialize in, in Dallas, and I didn't think that, that would, it would. But uh, apparently some places around the country, there's people who have some sort of objection to it, just like everywhere. Just I mean, like, every, everything gets objected to by somebody. For sure. Uh, Captain, do you have any last words for us or anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, no, I, uh, I'd say uh, Merry Christmas and uh, and thanks for having me on. And uh, I appreciate uh, uh, Alexandra for having me on your program. And Liz, thanks for setting this up. Well, thank you for being here tonight. And we appreciate you. And we Wish you the very best, and I hope that uh, we get to see you in Texas real soon. Thank you yep. for your service, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Courtney, you have anything to say? <laughs> I don't. I don't. This is a great guest, Liz. Another Liz? another great, uh, amazing guest. Inspiring person for our show, and I I appreciate you and the hard work that you put Thank into you. providing content for our our show and our website and our social media. And I just, I, I think, you know, we can... Thank Captain West Brigham again for being part of this and sharing his story and uh, maybe shedding some light for somebody that's on the fence of what they want to do or they want to join the military. They're not sure which branch. It sounds like the Navy is an amazing organization to become part of. And Happy New Year to everybody and Merry Christmas. The next uh, Alexander and Friends show that you'll see either podcast or listen to on the radio will be January the 8th. Yes. 2022. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for listening to our show. Courtney, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you. Liz, thank you for a great evening. Brandon, thank you for joining us. And Michael Clark, you're a great, great producer. And we thank you for putting up with us. You're welcome. Captain, it was a pleasure. You're listening to Alexander and Friends 660 The Answer. Have a wonderful holiday. Well, Alexandra, it seems that we have a few minutes left and I would like to take this opportunity to play some Christmas greetings from troops who are currently deployed overseas to their families here in the DFW area.
Merry Christmas. This is Major Victor Rodriguez from the 1st Air Cavalry Brigade from Illesheim, Germany. I'd like to say happy holidays to the entire Rodriguez clan in Dallas, Texas, and to my wonderful wife, Captain Rachel Rodriguez, and my beautiful, beautiful children, Isabel and Raina Rodriguez. Daddy misses you so, so much, and he loves all of you. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. I'm PSC Magana. I'm deployed to Illesheim, Germany. My family's in Dallas, Texas. I'd like to wish my mom and my sister a Merry Christmas, and how about them cowboys? Hey y'all, Lance Corporal Mayfield here aboard the USS Pearl Harbor. Happy holidays. I can't wait to see everybody back at home from this deployment and all the great stories that I have. Love y'all. Hi, my name is Sergeant Jonathan Calandro. I'm currently deployed overseas with the 142nd Field Artillery Brigade. Just want to give a shout out to all my family uh, celebrating Christmas in Dallas, Texas. I uh, wish I could be with you guys. And uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Hi, I'm Special Zachary Gustafson, currently serving in Jordan. I want to wish my family in Fort Worth, Texas a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. I'm Sergeant Polar, currently deployed to Germany. I'd like to wish my wife, four daughters, and two grandsons back home in Texas a very Merry Christmas. Hi, this is PFC Ball. I'm studying Russian at the Presidio of Monterey in California, and I'd just like to wish a happy holidays to everybody back home in Arlington, Texas, and give a special shout out to my family. Erica Magaha. I am a health educator here at Vicenza Health Clinic in Italy, and I want to give a warm shout out to all my family in Dallas. Hope you guys have a happy holiday. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, Alexandra and Friends 660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. Come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org.